Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Everything you need to elevate your drive, simply go to TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, that's the way tire buying should be. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the uh, sunny yet smoldering city of Angels. I hope everyone who's listening to us in Southern California is safe, especially uh, our peeps in the Valley and beyond. Uh, Yeah, those pictures are, in fact, real. They are real. Like, no, there's, that's, that's, that's not real. Those are real pictures from early this morning. Anyway, uh, we'll do a sports show. We'll do sports talk. And um, uh, the rest uh, be damned. In the meantime, 877-99 on Fox is, in fact, the phone number. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, I believe I believe we have confirmation that uh, Brett Brown, head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers, is going to join us in, oh, 15 minutes or so. Is that accurate, Ryan Music? All right, then good. That is That is accurate. Good. Love, 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 love. Look, tis the season for college coaches to leave, to depart. And Willie Taggart has caught some heat because he lied to the media about when he was contacted by Florida State, even though uh, Rob Bullens, his uh, AD, apparently was made well aware of when the actual contact took place. And every year this time, I see people on Twitter or listen to them on radio or see them on TV uh, 
say something or other in regards to a coach leaving his program and how come coaches can leave their programs and yet players cannot, right? Well, how is this fair? The fake outrage in the coaches can leave, players cannot is the fakest of fake outrages. It's the most unrealistic in unrealistic views you only see in regards to sports and not in regards to real life. Pick the coach, if you will, and the argument is pretty simple. Let's take Jimbo Fisher. Okay? Um, There's one big, overwhelming, overwhelming statement that needs to be made. Nowhere in life is there a sign that says life is fair. Also, nowhere in life do we say that a professional or a teacher who leaves is viewed the same way as a pupil who leaves. Nowhere. And when we stop and look at, look, are the, is the money that these coaches making, is it ridiculous? Of course it is. Of course it is. Uh, but it's, it's also really easy to lose sight of the fact that, like, let's take Jimbo Fisher, who uh, was a quarterback at uh, Salem International University in West Virginia. Then he finished up at Samford, which is in Birmingham, Alabama. He played a little bit of professional football. Then he became a GA, a grad assistant. Then he became the offensive coordinator quarterback coach. How much do you think he was pulling then? The idea is this, that Jimbo Fisher is 52 years old, and this is the culmination of a life's work. A life's work. And so if you think that his movement is in any way parallel to that of a 19, 20-year-old college student who wants to, on a whim, break their contract with the university and transfer school to school, well, then I have news for you. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't, it ain't true. It ain't, life's not, it's not fair. Life's not fair. Young people for years have said that life's not fair. And guess what? It's not fair. It's not. But also to those who have worked and worked and worked, and become and and obtain positions of prominence the rules for them are different than the rules for you in addition to the fact that this is the way that profession actually works when they switch when they switch jobs they cannot sit out a year it is it, it you're you're comparing incomparables I've seen this Willie Taggart's, you know, one year at Oregon, now at Florida State. He should have to sit out a year. First of all, anytime you break a contract, and remember, Oregon doesn't have to allow him out of his contract. Florida State didn't have to allow him out of his contract. But anytime you break a contract as a head coach, there is a buyout fee. There's a buyout fee. And so when a college athlete breaks their contract, there is a buyout as well. The buyout is one year of elig- one year where you can't play. That's it. So first, there's the basics of the contract. Second, there's the basics of, hey, if a professor leaves as opposed to student leaves, it's totally different. It's no different than sales manager and salesman. If you want to compare it to the professional world, you can. You want to compare it to the amateur world, you can. Anywhere you are, we are not equals. A coach is not an equal of a player. When was the last time that anyone thought they were equal? And so who are these people creating these fictitious arguments that are nauseating? I don't know. Why should they? They should get to sit. Like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 
It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. When players leave schools, look, the players one of 85 on scholarship. When you leave, can it dramatically affect your team? Sure. But not the way a head coach can. Head coaches change how universities are viewed. Plus, they have to employ 10 to 25 assistant coaches underneath them who then have to go recruit 25 signees. Like it is so much more in-depth, it is so much more important, and it is so much more expensive, by the way, to move than to simply sacrifice one year. When you make that argument to me, I almost always shut off my brain, like, mm, this is a person I can't talk to. Right? It's like the, the latest in the LeVar Ball thing, where I don't know if you heard this, Jason Whitlock was on The Herd earlier today, and he said, like, look, Look, uh, LeVar's lying, right? LiAngelo's lying. And LiAngelo went on the Today Show and said that, uh, that you know, other guys were stealing stuff, so he just followed suit, whereas Jason has a really good source that tells him, he said, really, really good source tells him that's not actually what happened. Le, uh, LiAngelo's credit card was declined. And that's what started this little bit of a crime spree. Only one guy stole from all three stores. It was LiAngelo. Like, he's lying. And so when I hear the dad blame everybody but the actual son for his actions, I shut off. Like, that's immediately my brain just shuts off to you. I have the exact same reaction to people who go, why can't players just play when they transfer? Because you can't. Because what it would cause if you allowed players to transfer and play right away, play right away, is mass chaos, is recruiting on football fields, is you shake hands, assistant coach runs over to other teams' quarterback and says, we need a quarterback, why don't you transfer as soon as possible? If players can play right away, you why can't you transfer right at semester and play right away? So... I, there, there are arguments I hear which may, are really interesting and make me think. And there are arguments I hear that make me completely shut off my brain on the yearly apples and oranges. College football coaches are not even close to being in the same discussion as college football players. They're not one of 85 as opposed to the head coach who has to, who has to line out his assistants, who has to deal with, uh, the grades of the re of retaining the players, return, uh, recruiting the incoming players, the media obligations, as well as a financial buyout, which usually is in the seven figures uh, plus area. Like if you want to compare apples to apples, fine. It's fine. If you want to say, hey, well, how come some athletes, you know, track athletes can transfer and not sit and football players have, have to sit or basketball players have to sit? That's a better argument. And there are reasons for, for that. I mean, like, look, part of it is the financial investment of universities into football players, into basketball players is so much greater than into other scholarship athletes. It's, it's not even funny. But if you want to make the argument, you're making an apples to oranges argument, and that's when I completely shut down. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brett Brown joins us. He's head coach of the Philadelphia 76ers. Do you like Star Wars? 
I'm uh, I'd grade myself an average fan. You know, I wouldn't say I'm over the top, but how can you not like Star Wars? Okay, so I guess the, the question becomes, like, you guys do have some downtime when you're on the road. Granted, coaches have less downtime because you're watching film or, you know, you're, or you're, you're meeting or you're having good dinners or whatever. Um, like, are you, do you go to a movie? Like, what is your downtime thing to do on the road with the Sixers? Movies, bowling, you know, nightclub, drink? Like, what do you do? <laughs> well, not much of any of that other stuff. I live sort of a... Uh... I guess in retrospect, listening to what is going to be my answer, of boring life. I, I like hanging with my staff. I do like from time to time, you know, doing stuff with the team. We, the team went and saw the movie Mully a few weeks ago, which is incredibly inspirational. But by and large, you know, I think everybody likes their peace and quiet as much as anything. Brett Brown joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, people are finally starting to come around to not just the process, but how you have navigated the team through the process. But in it now, now teams are getting up for the Sixers. The crowds are showing up, but so too the defense is better. The competition is better. How different is it for you to coach against opponents now as opposed to a couple years ago when you were in total rebuild mode? I don't think it's that I don't think it's really that different. I hear you question, Doug, but for me, like kind of what you do is what you do is what you do. I think the expectations, you know, are a little bit different, but the preparation, it really isn't. I feel, you know, to, to your larger point, that looking where we were when I first took the job versus the resources and evolution of what we've been able to do, you know, since I, I have been here, with some draft and development and all that stuff, it is completely different. Brett Brown joining us, head coach of the 76. Your Sixers are 13-10, and 10, third place in the Atlantic Division, very competitive division, uh, joining us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Um, ben Simmons is a, a fascinating player. He's not just fascinating because of his path to end up at your doorstep and your relationship with his family going way back when. He's fascinating because... He's not a very good shooter, but he at least at a young age, he knows he's not a good shooter. And so if you play off him, he finds a way to get to your body instead of like so many other young players that can't shoot. They keep trying to prove to you they can shoot. Um, Give me your experience so far. Here we are, you know, 25 games in or so coaching Ben Simmons now as opposed to what you thought you were getting when you drafted him. Well, let's let's stick with your point because you, I can talk a lot on this. Let's stick with your first point about the shooting. I think his ability to, to like, chew up space, and if people are going to go, like, under, under pick and rolls or their pickup points when he's coming down the floor, they're going to meet him in the paint. You know, he really can gobble up space and get, like, ahead of steam and just run right straight through you. And, you know, at six foot ten, he's got a different vision line, I still am always challenging him and working with him on finishing. You know, at times you're not sure if even he knows if he's right-handed or left-handed. And so I feel like the spatial issue of how do you handle when teams don't guard you instead of being, like, baited into shooting, I think he's handled that with a great level of maturity. I think when you first came in and you say, like, we're going to make you a point guard. You know, we get you six foot ten. We get you've been a foreman your whole life. But we think, I think, that you can be a point guard. It's his mentality. It's his skill package. And he's exceeded all expectations. You know, there's a poise that he has that he, he really has no right to have, given he's only played 20-whatever NBA games. 
And then the real exciting part for me is I think he can make his, make his greatest impact defensively. He really, you know, he can switch out and guard multiple positions. Uh, his dad was a heck of an athlete. He, too, is an amazing athlete. And I think to date the, uh, the package, Doug, has been uh, – has exceeded expectations. Now, he, he made both free throws in your loss to the Suns, your, your most recent game, but he struggled mightily from the free throw line. And to any of us who have really watched him play, you know that he's basically ambidextrous and that he kind of the only thing he really does with his left hand is shoot shoot perimeter jump shots, whereas when he gets 15 feet and in, he shoots with his right hand. He finishes, not exclusively, but he finishes as well or maybe better with his right hand than he does his left hand. Has there been any conversation at all? You guys are sitting around on the road and you're watching tape and you're watching Miss Free Throws. Like, hey, what if we switched him around and we had him shoot right handed? I mean, we talk about stuff like that since we drafted him. And the thing that people probably don't think about as much as they should is the player has a significant decision in that life lifetime adjustment you know like you just don't come in and say hey we've decided we're going to make you a right-handed player when he shot his whole life another way the thing that i respect about ben is when we talk you know like it's all on the table and there's nothing like having a a year under your belt where you've played nba basketball and in the off season you know you can make responsible thoughtful with, with time on your side decisions. As we speak, it has been discussed, not at a serious level, uh, but, you know, like the growth of Ben Simmons, we all feel a responsibility. we got such a unique athlete. It's exciting on how you can develop somebody mm-hmm. like Ben. And then you have Joel Embiid, who's obviously beloved for his personality, and uh, he's just astonishing with some of the things athletically he can do for a man his size. Um, I know you only had him 33 games last year, and of course, there's, you know, there's been been the fight with with the minutes and, and sitting out sitting out uh, games at at some um, during some moments, um, so he doesn't play on back to back nights. But give me your sense now. Here we are, 23 games in to Joel Embiid's second year on an NBA basketball floor. Where you think he is? I just think he's scratching the surface. Really, what he's been able to do without practicing and. and- have to hear that he doesn't practice uh and if he if he does it'll be like you know for a small amount of time he hasn't been able to do that and so our whole world is how do you deliver him to game night and how do we walk him down where ultimately he will be able to practice he will be able to play back back and he will sort of evolve into a normal you know nba player experience the same schedule that his teammates do and for him to have accomplished what he's accomplished without really practicing, I see it on the turnover end, you know, where, you know, he's a little bit less comfortable when he gets double teamed. He's getting more and more comfortable passing out of a post. But his skill package is off the charts. It's hard to, like, point to a player and say he's this because he has such a variety of ways offensively he can impact the game. And defensively, that's who he is. That's where his mind is is most centered. I love it. Uh, he is the crown jewel to our defense, and he thinks like that. We we want to go all in, I think, as fans on JoJo, uh, but when we hear he's missing a game because of a sore knee, or we hear, like you say, he, he, he doesn't practice, and it's all about getting him ready for the game, that makes leads some of us to think, oh, well, he's 
he's so banged up that he'll never he'll never be able to sustain um, what what his true potential is because his body just won't let him. Is this, in all honesty, is this out of precaution or is this out of reaction to how his body's actually feeling? It's out of precaution. Like there's a very thoughtful, calculated plan that we have in place that we are going to script. If you had told me back in you know September, October, that we're actually going to be able to play him 30 some odd minutes a night on every night that he plays, you know, I, I would have hugged you. It's a it's a it's a big number, a number that I haven't had the opportunity to to say or use since I've coached him. And so this is all part of evolution. It's part of a plan to how do you deliver them to what we hope to be the playoffs in the end of the year. This is only the first phase of the first third of an NBA season that we're adhering to. But the end game is, as I said, you know, for him to be a normal, you know, on the normal schedule of his teammates. And I think the reason I bring it up is for him to do what he's doing without really the foundation of a training camp or complete preparation is uh, is remarkable to me. Last thing, you know, you take uh, I know you take on the Lakers, a game which that was his signature game so far of this year, 46, 15, uh, seven blocks, seven assists. It was one of the most, it was easily, I've seen all the games at Staples this year, easily the most remarkable game this year at Staples Center, Lakers and Clippers included. Brett Brown, the head coach of the 76ers, uh, is our guest. As you know, with your time in the league, your time in pro basketball, it's one thing to get to be competitive. It's another thing to have, you almost have to change your mentality, the importance of every possession. Um, even JoJo, who, you know, he hasn't shot a great percentage of late, and he, you have to learn it, there's a difference in a good shot and a good shot in the fourth quarter of important games. Um, where are you guys in the process of, we use the word process all the time with the 76ers, of teaching them not just how to win games, but how to win important games, take the right shots, get the defense stuff. Where are you in that kind of growth phase? I think we're doing better. I feel like the, I call it crunch time. You know, like we, we have a crunch time section of our practices always. We have a crunch time section of our shoot arounds always. We have a look that we live in, that we've been living in uh, almost all of the year that involves really JJ, Ben, and Joe and different wrinkles and looks that we play out of that. A lot of three man action. And I think that we're getting better on how to walk games down. You know, we have, we have won most of our close games. We poked ourselves in the eye in a few early. I feel like we learned from that. But like you say, and it's true, it's like I got a bunch of 20-year-olds with sort of J.J. as the grandfather, you know, trying to, uh, trying to really sort of intellectually understand what is good shot, bad shot stuff as the game winds down in the fourth period. I think we're improving, Doug. You are improving. Um, all right, well, you get the Lakers upcoming. Coach, we wish you the happiest of holidays and continued health and success to you and your team. And thanks so much for spending some time with us. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Happy oh. holidays to you too, Doug. The th- same to you. Brett Brown joining us. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. So Roger Goodell has signed a new contract. Um, he will be swimming with cash. And it's kind of interesting. Like, okay, Jerry Jones wanted to slow the train. They had already approved the contract. They were mid-negotiations. Goodell signed a five-year contract extension. 
Um, a source told Adam Schefter that the new contract would be worth $200 million over the life of the contract, potentially about $40 million annually, if the owners approve all bonuses and all the metrics are met. Uh, it would run through 2024, and by some it was a contentious argument. 85% of the total potential compensation packages is from bonus. This is essentially an incentive-laden deal. It's not quite Ricky Williams with the New Orleans Saints. You guys remember that deal? The whole thing was incentives, right? That didn't work out. But it's mostly, it's, this is very much incentive-laden, which I agree with. Like, look, my thing was always, what's his leverage? What is Goodell's leverage? He's going to walk out the door. You know, he has these secret codes. He knows the secrets of the NFL. Like, eh, what's his leverage? Now, he can say, look, you want continuity? And I've been able to take kind of the bullets for other owners, uh, for players, for whomever. If I'm the guy that people don't like, it's fine. I'll make a bunch of money, but I got to make a bunch of money. And Jerry Jones, I, I, I thought Jerry Jones was really smart about this. Look, all he was doing was negotiating. All they were doing is negotiating down um, what was guaranteed money. There's no, no difference in this and in NFL contracts per se. Like, look, sure, we'll give you $40 million a year. We'll give you the private jet. I, I haven't heard details of whether or not the private jet um, is in this deal. But, you know, look, if you can make $40 million a year, you can get your own private jet, dude. But, but my read in this is Jones was simply negotiating. And Jones, like Goodell, Goodell has taken the bullet for owners, for the league, for players. And that's part of his compensation. That's all Jerry Jones was doing. Jerry Jones, was, he looked around the league, well, hold on, we got some issues. We got ratings problems. We got, you know, we have some, have some labor issues as well. We, we have to continue to grow the game Make sure we haven't tapped out. We get what do we do with the Thursday night package? Is that expires? Like all these things are interesting. Why don't we wait? And I don't know the logic behind not waiting, but I know that if you can get an incentive laden deal, we're like, look, pay forty million dollars. If the league is making X or X plus two or X plus three or you know three two X three X whatever. So I, I think that all makes sense. I think that what they found was a happy medium between what Jerry wanted, which was waiting, and what the compensation committee wanted, which was this thing done. So what they did was they said, this thing is done, only the value of it is going to depend upon whether or not he digs us out of this hole and he finds even more money. And, and in truth, that's Goodell's gift. Goodell is not a great polished speaker. Okay, but Goodell has been able to put together these, these deals that have made everybody ridiculously wealthy. Two teams in Los Angeles. They're not only, and he got the stadium in Los Angeles, which is going to house the NFL network. All of that, like, he didn't have to... Not only is he... How about this one? Like, Roger Goodell is going to sit there in his negotiation. Not only did we get a stadium in Los Angeles that can host the Super Bowl and host the NFL draft, but we did it and we're going to have the NFL network located there and didn't cost the NFL or any other owners money, other owners money. We moved to the Raiders to Las Vegas, more money for you. 
We're playing games in all different countries. More money for you. We established a Thursday night football product and then split it between two entities. More money for you. Like he's that's where he's that's where he is gifted. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Brian Billick's an incredible resource. Of course, you see him on the NFL Network. Kind enough to spend some time with us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show, care of SeatGeek.com. Coach, let's let's start in New York. Um, John Mara said he signed off on it. The general manager signed off on it. The head coach, the, this was the, kind of the plan. They went to Eli Manning like, look, we want to get Davis Webb in. He said, that's fine, but I don't want to start. They, they bowed to his wishes and started Geno Smith. Uh, why, is it, why, why are the Giants the bad guys for, um, for how they handled Eli Manning? Yeah, you know, let's begin with the fact that there really is no good way to do this if you're talking about transitioning from, from a player of the stature of Eli Manning to Super Bowls, the affection they have for him in the organization. So, yeah, i got to preface it by saying there's no really good way to handle this. But we've learned that doing it the way the Giants did certainly isn't the way. Um, when you make that kind of move, it is an organizational decision. And from the outside, it looked like there was maybe a palace coup going on where Reese, the general manager, uh, and McAdoo decided, okay, we're going to make this happen and got the ownership to sign off on it. Uh, however it was handled and however it was communicated, um, obviously, whether they rethought it or the Maras are simply giving cover to, to McAdoo and, and Reese at the time and saying, oh, yeah, yeah, we were aware of it, uh, they're obviously not pleased with the way it went down. Now, the question becomes going forward, that still doesn't mean that they aren't going to decide to move on from Eli Manning at the end of the season. Uh, they may very well, you just, you just quote, you know, quoted the Cleveland Browns, which I, I kind of question your logic in quoting the Cleveland Browns on anything, but you, that you can never have enough quarterbacks. Well, that's true. And you can, and, and I'm sure we will hear a scenario by which, okay, it's a good quarterback draft. So we're going to take one of these guys, but we're going to let him, you know, let Eli be a mentor for him. That doesn't work, and that doesn't happen, and and so this there's yet let a lot left to be left to be written about this, and we'll see whether the Giants and the new management truly want to move on from Eli, or whether they think they can can waltz this combination of going after getting a young quarterback and still keep Eli Manning. It, it, and as you know, you well know, it's hard to find another quarterback. Like everybody says, well, you know, you trade him to Jacksonville, and you just go get. It's it's hard to find the next guy. Um, look, they're going to first search for a general manager, then for a head coach. What's your thoughts on how they should? Ernie, of course, he's going to kind of help help them guide them through this search. What what type of general manager? Who's the type of personality? What's the type of background you should have in order to get that job? Well, you, the Giants obviously have been one of the most stable, uh, iconic organizations in the NFL forever. They have not done this outside. The organization search for a general manager, I think I read someplace since the, the late 70s. Uh, and Ernie Corsi is one to obviously help put that together. Um, they have to decide what kind of combination, what, what, what uh, partnership they want. This is a general manager's league now. So, uh, yeah, they're going to start with that, and then whether they're going to leave it to him to, to choose the next head coach or that they're going to look at some combination and put them together, a.k.a. what we saw in Seattle with Snyder and, and, and Pete Carroll. Um, 
you know, that remains to be seen. Their, their MO before has been the power has been with the general manager, and then he will choose the, the head coach going forward. So that's, and the fact that they have made the move now is legitimate. They can now start to piece that together. My guess is that they'll have the general manager in place fairly readily so that they can move quickly come Black Monday in January when the head coaching firings, firings and hirings begin. Brian Billick, our guest on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Of course, you can see him on the NFL Network. He's joining us care of SeatGeek.com. Enter the promo code Billick for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. What's gone so wrong for the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, it's interesting you should ask that. I'm doing a, a segment on our show playbook tonight at 6 o'clock on the NFL Network where we asked that same question. So I went back and looked back at the last, the early part of the season when things are going well and now when they're not so well. And what I saw on the defensive side was shocking. I'm talking about misalignment in fronts, about hesitance at the linebacker level to pull the trigger. And when they do, they flow too, too high, you know, too, too one way or the other. They overreact. Uh, missed tackles. Um, what's not going on on the defensive side. And, and this is a team that has the pedigree. Bob Sutton's one of the really good defensive coordinators in this league. It's shocking to see how poorly they're playing on the defensive side of the ball. So how do you fix it? Well, that's, that's a good question because obviously, I mean, you are who you are. Your players, it's not like anybody's going to come riding in on a white horse. Um, they've had a good scheme. Um, I don't know whether it's a matter of they've got to do less. Uh, they've got to isolate what, what their problems. I mean, I'm showing clips tonight where they're literally getting blown off in the middle of the defensive line um, to where they're going, you know, they double on one side. No one can beat a one-on-one block to get home at the quarterback heart. You go back to that film and say, let's do it this way, as opposed to what we've been doing the last couple of weeks. The Minnesota Vikings are a red-hot team, and they're doing so with a Case Keenum, who people view as a backup quarterback and think eventually they'll hit the ceiling. But like, even without Dalvin Cook, they have established a good running game. They have uh, Kyle Rudolph and... Uh, and and uh, digs in order to get you know to get the ball to the defense is is dynamic. Is Case Keenum good enough to win the whole thing with? Yeah, he has shown that. I think he's moved past. And I'm I'm as guilty as anybody who uh, of those who thought of Case Keenum of the Case Keenum that had to start as a rookie in the playoffs, which Houston looked terrible. That was with both the Los Angeles or the St. Louis and then Los Angeles Rams had a dozen starts or so and looked terrible um, and thinking, okay, well, this guy is at best just a backup, but he's with a very good football team. And you could say, well, you could put a lot of people in with a good football team, good running game, big play receivers like Thielen and Diggs, and, and he'd look okay. I, I think that that's not giving credit to Case Keenan. He has played very well and is a reason why they're, they're so efficient, hitting big plays down the field. Uh, he's playing to the perfect complement. I think Minnesota is a great, great story. Now, I'm obviously have an affection for it, having been there for nine years as their offensive coordinator way back when. But we could see uh, legitimately the first home team host the Super Bowl, which to me would make them the favorite in a Super Bowl because they're playing great defense. They're getting efficient, yet big play out of their quarterback. They're running the ball. Uh, when you think about them playing in Atlanta, an Atlanta team who's coming off back-to-back 30-plus performance, one of them 34 points in Seattle, and then are held to three field goals in Atlanta, uh, that tells you about everything you need to know about Minnesota. Ryan Shazier is still in the hospital in Cincinnati, and 
Uh, obviously, everybody hopes for the best. Just an awful thing to watch. Am, am I crazy, though, to make the statement, you lose a Ryan Shazier, your defensive play caller at this point in the season, that's a really hard guy to replace. Like, personnel-wise and record-wise, but but they've they've played to the level of their competition, played down and up to the level of their competition. I feel like that's a that that's a almost a death blow to their Super Bowl hopes. Is that overselling his level of importance to that defense? Well, I don't think you can oversell the importance of him to the defense. Now, whether it kills their Super Bowl hopes, hopes they're, they're still a talented team. You're right. They are a bit schizophrenic. It'll be an interesting challenge at home where they tend to play well against the Ravens and a Raven team that's been challenged offensively um, and, and a Raven team that they literally ran the ball down the Ravens' throat in Baltimore earlier in the season. Now, that's the Pittsburgh team we should be able to see. Will we? I don't know. That was an interesting game in Cincinnati. It looked like they were kind of thinking about something else until they got to the fourth quarter, and Ben finally said, okay, I've had enough. You know, and then puts them on three scoring drives back-to-back-to-back, including a nine-play 80-yard drive for a touchdown. Um, That's the Steelers that are are capable of winning it all, whether we see them on a consistent basis or not. We have not yet. Um, And certainly the Ravens have a lot at stake. They need to show – that they indeed can go on the road, play a team like the Steelers, and win because they're likely going to be on the road when they make the playoffs. Go to SeatGeek.com for uh, any ticket this NFL season. The promo code is Billick, B-I-L-L-I-C-K. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. The great Brian Billick, you can see him tonight, 6 o'clock Eastern time on the NFL Network. Coach, really appreciate you joining us. Glad to do it. Brian Billick joining us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. While everyone's paying attention to Kansas City going from the last undefeated team to 6-6 and and uh, losing five of the last six games, and maybe you're paying attention to the Chargers who started 0-4, in last place, buried below the Raiders, the Chiefs, and the Chargers in the AFC West, it's the Denver Broncos. Here's John Elway on Orange and Blue 760 in Denver discussing this season. We're going to finish the season out. We're going to, you know, I, I never see the process there. So we're going to finish the season out. And, you know, obviously we know um, the expectations of the Denver Broncos. And this has been a tough year. It's not what uh, the Broncos are about. Uh, you know, I'm embarrassed about it and the fact that uh, this has happened. And, you know, we'll do my part to uh, hopefully get this thing turned around next year. It's been frustrating for everybody as well as us, too. That's John Elway. When I hear he's going to complete the season, that means mass changes. You're like, look, I'm not going to make changes now. That feels like Vance Joseph not long for this job, doesn't it? Isn't that the sense anybody gets? And I understand that that he's been to two Super Bowls and he's John freaking Elway. And I so he's not going to... Um, He's not going to evaluate every position, right? Like I don't, they haven't been great on offensive line. I'm not going to say he's got to evaluate that. You know, they've struggled uh, defensively since he's given away. He's had to lose some players, obviously won a big contract, signed Von Miller to a big contract. They're not as good and dominant defensively as they've been. But John Elway should know what a quarterback looks like, and I don't think he does. Right? Like, and now, look, maybe it's, 
I mean, the the example is Magic Johnson, right? Magic Johnson picks Lonzo Ball, and Lonzo Ball, I mean, you can talk talk about how great he is, but he doesn't look the part, and definitely is not Magic Johnson. So it's 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 not easy, even for the best of the best to be. But it, you you feel like he should, and he's had several opportunities at evaluating quarterbacks and missed. Right, Brock Osweiler was at first the heir apparent. He wasn't good enough. Um, and remember, as much as Houston came in and gave him a couple million more dollars, sight unseen, without him even visiting Houston, they had to outbid the Denver Broncos. Broncos gave him, offered him fifteen. He got seventeen million dollars from Houston, and some of it was personal because he had been benched for Peyton Manning in the playoffs. But some of it was just, hey, you they offered me more money. They believe in me more. But the fact is that if you want to tell me that they passed on Brock Osweiler, they passed on matching Houston's offer, but they didn't pass on him. They made him an offer. So in terms of evaluating uh, Brock Osweiler and evaluating Paxton Lynch and, and even Trevor Simeon, who we saw last year and wasn't good enough last year and isn't good enough this year. I would think that 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 John Elway having three different opportunities to evaluate the position would be better at it, but he's simply not. They didn't put move move heaven and earth to go get Tony Romo. So you can hear him talk about changes and when he says we're going to finish out the year, that that's not a strong endorsement for Vance Joseph, the first year head coach of the Denver Broncos. That feels like, hey, look, I know he ain't the guy. We're going to fire him. We just can't fire him right now. And though you never fire yourself, you could hold yourself at least slightly accountable. And you don't hear that. There wasn't any, I've made some mistakes. I got to make some adjustments. I got to look myself in the mirror and try and fix this thing. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.